Welcome to the Proclaim podcast, where we sit down with missionary disciples and talk all things around sharing Jesus with others. Well, welcome back to the Proclaim podcast. I'm here with Arnell and Vivian Balmeo, uh, members of All Saints Parish in Coquitlam, uh, as well as active members of Couples for Christ. Uh, Arnell and Vivian, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast episode. Uh, thank you for having us, Eric. Now, as you know, Proclaim is a movement of the Archdiocese of Vancouver that is inspiring disciples to proclaim Jesus in their homes and in their communities. And for all of our listeners, if you're not familiar with Couples for Christ, uh, you're in for a treat because we're going to spend a little bit of time getting to know Arnell, Vivian, their family, but also get to get to know Couples for Christ because their movement has been evangelizing here in our Archdiocese and around the world for many years, and there have been so much fruit that have come of it. So you might have experienced Couples for Christ in your parish uh, with some of your friends, or, or maybe you've seen them from afar, but this is a chance for us to get to hear some of the local stories and to hear how God has moved uh, in that movement. But first, uh, Arnell, Vivian, let's start uh, a little bit with your story. Can you share with us a little bit about who you are and your, your own story? Yes, uh, <laughs> ladies first. So... <laughs> <laughs> I opened up. We migrated to Canada in my, in May of 1999 okay. with our son Joseph, who turned two years of the same month. Our coming to Canada is our leap of faith with no friends, no relatives, no jobs to come into. Um, whenever we're asked, why did you come to Canada? You know, because life in the Philippines is not as easy and uh, we couldn't uh, see our family in the future. You know, raising our family in the future in the Philippines just because of uh, how the poverty rate is over there. So by leap of faith, we came to Canada. And uh, our foremost uh, reason for coming was for economic welfare. But little did we know that God had greater plans for us and our family here in Canada. Back in the Philippines, we were already a part of the Catholic charismatic movement. So um, Vivian completed her first Life in the Spirit seminar in 1995 with the Sacred Heart Community uh, in Baguio City um, and her Christian Life program for the Singles for Christ. Uh, we met each other at around that time, uh, but for me, I was not a real practicing Catholic. Okay. <laughs> Having been agnostic for a while, uh, Vivian's... Um, routine of going to church to attend mass every day became my first step to renewal as i was pursuing her um, vivian's rule of if you can't share my faith don't pursue me <laughs> <laughs> but, and uh, it became a challenge uh, for me i was born and raised a catholic but i did not take uh, this into heart now out of my love for vivian i had to be uh, serious with my faith yes I faithfully joined Vivian in her daily mass routine um, after work and uh, joined her prayer meetings every Friday nights until fast forward, we got married in October 23rd of 1996. Uh, yes, we will be celebrating our silver wedding anniversary this year. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and in 1997, I did my first LSS or Life in the Spirit seminar. That is where Jesus literally knocked me off my feet during the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when the priest touched me uh, while the Blessed Sacrament was paraded with him, I fell to the ground. Um, despite conscious efforts 
to avoid falling or fainting. Mm. I literally saw Jesus, a tall man with white robe. My life did a 180 degrees turn at that point, knowing I wasn't a good man in many ways. Vivian was pregnant with Joseph then. Since, uh, since that time, uh, since that time on, I felt a personal relationship with Jesus. Uh, Vivian's pregnancy with Joseph was a miracle. Uh, Vivian and I prayed so hard for Vivian's pregnancy to continue as she was diagnosed of ectopic pregnancy. Mm. Uh, at that moment at the hospital, we consecrated the child in her womb to God, which we do to date. Vivian's labor and delivery was difficult too. Our baby's umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck, resulted to a birth by cesarean section, whereby Vivian almost died when the spinal anesthesia went wrong. Uh, all these led to my personal renewal and deepening of faith. Mm -hmm. So when we were applying to migrate to Canada, I learned to surrender all in God's hands. As Vivian said, our migration to Canada was a leap of faith. Our first or our very first goal, soon as we stepped on Canadian soil, was to find a prayer group. Lo and behold, we found the St. Patrick's Prayer Group at St. Patrick's Parish in Vancouver, in Main Street. Uh, the St. Patrick's Prayer Group became our family in Canada. Uh, Vivian and I served as music ministry and uh, prayer leaders when the regulars are not available until we moved to Coquitlam, whereby our Lord blessed us with our very first home. We wanted to continue serving the Lord, so we searched for a community in the Tri-Cities area. We tried St. Joseph's uh, Prayer Group, but that was not where the Lord wanted us to be. We were then invited to join the Christian Life Program at Our Lady of Mercy in Burnaby on December of 2004. It was a 12-week program which ended in February of 2005. Uh, we thought there were many participants at that time as the room was always full. Not till, we, not, not till the dedication night uh, did we know we were the only couple participant. Oh. Should the CFC of Our Lady of Mercy given up the CLP, CLP for, there were, uh, for there was but one couple participant, we would not be here serving our Lord. Hmm. Uh, through Couples for Christ. Uh, I just want to continue. So as soon as we finished the Christian Life program, we were handed over to the Tri-Cities chapter by the Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Burnaby, where we served first again in the music ministry, then became household heads, pastoring other couples who became servant leaders too. Arnell and I believe in empowering servant leaders by the power of the Holy Spirit. How? By our lives. Because when we serve, we offer our lives completely and our family completely. Because every member knows true dedication. Our life is our testimony that despite our flaws and failures, God's work can never be undone. Then... We became Kids for Christ Couple Coordinators, where we promoted not just children's evangelization through Kids Camp and other activities, but family evangelization. We are moved when we hear from parents that their children are telling them to pray before meals because they never really practiced it, but learned that in camp, we pray before meals. So that's our most... Uh, that's the thing that we really enjoyed so much, serving in the Kids for Christ. 
It's seeing the entire family being evangelized. Now, at this moment, we are serving as the Couples for Christ Youth Campus Ministry Couple Coordinators, where we support and serve young adults who are in university and college. We are moved to see how dedicated our youth leaders are in pastoring and in coming up with programs and activities even at this time of pandemic. We give support and we share the love of Jesus through these uh, youths that we serve right now. That That is packed with so much goodness. I just, uh, I'm uh, to our listeners, I'm on Zoom with uh, Arnell and Vivian right now, and they can't see this, but I've got goosebumps on my arms because the entire story has God just weaving in and out of your life. And when, when you get a chance to prepare and think about that story, it's just so, at least for me, I, I hope it's for you overwhelming to hear just how God has moved. And so I got so many questions. So I'm, I'm going to kind of throw a few questions, um, maybe first to you, Arnell. Um, what was it like when you were uh, at that Life in the Spirit seminar, you know, seeing Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, having that image of, of you know, of Jesus in the white robe, and then, you know, having that sort of overwhelming sense of, you know, of his realness to you? It's uh, very surreal. Um it's it's just like you were in a movie, yeah. But you're actually feeling it um, because I, uh, as I've said earlier, I I'm not really a uh, I was not a really practicing Catholic when I was younger, yeah. And um, going through the LSS actually it's just like a struggle for me even to move my feet going to that venue, you know. Right. But then um, as I prepare myself not to fall. It's like somebody actually gave my knee a you know a bonk and then I just <laughs> fell, yeah. And 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 when I closed my eyes, I saw that vision. You know, it's it's just like really God is coming closer to me. And so I I, I told myself, I think God is giving me a purpose today. <laughs> yeah. You know, and ever since that uh, vision that I saw, um, I am really convinced that you know I have a purpose in life and. Every, everybody actually has a purpose in life, you know. God is calling us to do something, something spectacular and something that is, uh, you know, He's calling us to do His work. And yeah. I truly believe in that. Yeah. Some of our listeners uh, in Proclaim have family members, spouses, sons, daughters, cousins, friends um, that are far away from Jesus. And uh, our, our Proclaim community are are disciples who desire to bring those folks, those those family members closer to Jesus. So Vivian, what was it like for you as you've been, you, you were encouraging Arnell, you know, uh, staying close to him and, and just knowing that there, after having encountered Jesus, knowing there's there's more for Arnell, that Jesus is is uh, is right there. And, uh, you know, what was it like for you during that, that those early days in, in that journey? Yes. Uh, during those early days, like, um, backward a bit uh, when we first met Arnell and I we couldn't agree over so many things in religion mm. he I my background is I'm very religious so in my office desk I had a statue of Mama Mary a crucifix an angel and then he comes by my office he comes and ridicule all of them he okay goes like, who's that now Mama Mary he, he like he makes fun of everything I have there okay so I'm like you know what if you can't share my faith, don't even come close to me, right? Okay. So I have seen how, you know, that kind of person was 
and hearing it from his grandparents and parents how he would really like shun away from their religious activities to see him experiencing that i'm like truly taken aback when he fell because i was pregnant with joseph and i can see all the people falling on the on the stadium mm -hmm. but i never thought that he would be one of them and okay. then when he came to me he was like so like astounded it's like i saw jesus you know and then from then i'm like okay lord now it's going to be easier for me to talk to this <laughs> man because it used to be a struggle to talk to him to tell him you know it's sunday we have to go to mass and things like that and we have to pray so eventually arnell started arnell is a hard rock uh, person <laughs> hard rock to the point where <laughs> I threw some satanic CDs, I swear they were, and he, he doesn't, he says they're not, but they were. But anyway, it was also a fight to begin with because he was like a hard rock person. And it's hard to invade that personal space. But now here is Jesus manifesting himself to him. And I felt like, dear God, thank you for your help. And now it's easier for me to penetrate him. Mm -hmm. So really the 180 degrees turn that he said he did was really true because he had vices before from smoking drinking and name it guns. he had yeah girls <laughs> don't oh, forget the girls guns. <laughs> girls and guns but, okay you know like all those he really turned around from so that that change that renewal actually happened and it was then that okay lord now we can start our journey together as husband and wife that's why it was much easier when we came to Canada, when he was like taken out of his comfort zone in the Philippines, taken out from this old group that he was with in the Philippines. Now everything's new. This is a yeah. new start for us. God gave us a new start here. So he started out fresh and new and really up to understanding what my services was. Because in the beginning, he used to always ridicule me. Okay. Me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think that's just an encouraging story for our Proclaim listeners who really do want to evangelize their friends and family, that uh, you bring them to Jesus and you entrust that the Holy Spirit can move in surprising ways, in ways that we can't imagine or uh, really know how, because uh, God is just so big and he has such a beautiful plan for each and every one of us. Uh, and thank you so much for your honesty and your transparency, because uh, being able to share uh, that life really allows us not just to kind of, you know, see where people are at and what, um, you know, barriers people have to overcome, but to also give glory to God in, in giving glory to how he can, in fact, transform a life for good. Now, you mentioned that when you came to Canada, of course, everything was new and you started to look for communities to serve. And that first um, Christian Life program that you experienced with Couples for Christ here, uh, you know, you were the only couple. You were the only ones yes. that, that were there. And yet, you know, everyone else there were kind of part of the community. And in a certain sense, that's really neat because they were all there to serve you. And, and it wasn't about the numbers. It was just about serving someone person, some couple, in order to help them come closer to Jesus. What impact has that had on your own um, life of service when it comes to your service to, um, to, to the ministry of, of Couples for Christ? Um, for me, it's like, you know, if you really lean on to God, everything is possible. Yeah. And I truly believe that. Um, just going back through our memories, 
that we were the only couple at the time um we we were so so, so surprised because we thought that all of the other people are also were also participants but they're not right they were part of the service team and we and they truly enjoy what they were doing and and so when we finished our clps and then we we moved on through the years it's just like going through this journey where in you serve but you serve with joy you know we, there are there's so many bumps along the way but you know us christians and and as we believe that Jesus is always with us in, in our journey, it makes our journey easier because we know that we have a loving God that He will not abandon us no matter what. Of course, yeah. He will. there will be like problems along the way. But uh, God said that He will not throw a problem that we can't handle, right? And so that's what we are leaning on. And for me, my, my personal take of that is like, okay, God, you gave this to me. I know it's not easy, but I know that you're going to equip me, you know. And as uh, what I say is like, as long as you truly believe in 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 the power of God and you really ask for His help, He is just there, you know, waiting for me to God to 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 answer whatever prayer or whatever questions that I ask of Him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think Zoom paused for us for a little bit there. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <we're... laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> the The good news is that this will all get edited later, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's really funny was I did I did a podcast like this, and uh, and we made it. I was with some guests. We made a joke. And uh, and then I said, oh, don't worry, they'll they'll edit it out later. And then when I listened to the to the thing, they kept it in, <laughs> just sort of as a you know bit of a casual joke and yeah at least it wasn't wasn't anything that that embarrassing so uh but but we can pick it up uh just you know from from where you were speaking to how you were the only couple at the christian life program um actually as you were speaking what came to mind was uh, a quote i think from catechese tridende one of the church documents where it said that um, people are more likely to listen to witnesses than to teachers and if they listen to teachers it's because they were first witnesses and I think that um, the Christian Life program is is kind of one of those programs that w- would have elements of teaching, I'm sure. Uh, but mm-hmm. what you're saying is that uh, what moved you was, in fact, the witness of the people that uh, that served you. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now, there are like uh, in in certain talks, um, um, they will ask some people to share after the talks, and okay. uh, and it's it's really moving because these are like real life testimonies, yeah. right? And and then you as a participant will just your my my jaw will just drop because I thought that I have the 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 baddest problem in the world. Now here comes another person, yeah. which is even like worse problem than I have, and he's talking about how happy he is because God is on his side, you know? Yes. <laughs> like oh, yeah. so I said wow, yeah, there's really something to it in here. Oh, that's that's so cool. Now, for our listeners in uh, in the Proclaim movement, uh, they may not be so familiar with Christian Life Program. So, could you share with us a little bit of what the Christian Life Program is about and what it looks like? Okay, so the uh, Christian Life Program is actually your ticket to get into uh, the the Couples for Christ okay. uh, community, right? So, it's it's a series of uh, of talks 
Korean, uh, there will be there will be speakers in each talk. So there are like around twelve. Is that twelve? Twelve talks. Okay. Uh, for the for the CLP. Um, before the 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 old school that when we did that it's like one yeah. talk per week so that's like a twelve week program. Okay. But nowadays it's because of the uh, the pandemic and and uh, some certain uh, constraints. Sometimes they just uh, put like two talks into one session. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, right now, uh, praise God because the CLPs are still coming in uh, through online meetings. So praise God for technology. Yeah. Uh, and so there are different talks there. So it, it goes from uh, loving Jesus Christ, uh, uh, repentance and faith, the, the Christian family, uh, talks about the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And, and uh, when you're finished with the, with the Christian Life program, um, there's a dedication night right after that and so you will be formally welcomed into the into the community. Com into the community it's a yes. joyous event right because all of your brothers and sisters or whoever is who whatever chapter is holding the the CLP everybody will be there and and then uh, everybody will welcome the participants and then it's it's just like a feast right after that uh, and then, uh, right, and then they will the, the the participants or the new members will then go into their own prayer households, right? So it's just like a um, a group of families grouped together, and they will start their journey with with uh, the CFC. Um, in there, uh, they will have like prayer meetings, you know, and and then getting to know the members of uh, the household and doing fellowship because all in all um, we as christians we love to fellowship with one another you know yes. and giving inspiration to each and every one of us yeah yeah so yeah the so the christian life program is like a series of talks mm -hmm. and which um attending alpha and the life in the spirit seminar growth in the spirit seminar and the parish renewal programs there the topics are if you look at just the general topics they're the same so right you kind of start with god's love who is jesus christ and then it develops to the holy spirit the family and you know your your work of your missionary work for the for the lord but its approach is kind of different because they it's a, a structured based on a module that they have come up over the years okay and but my my joy in serving because we serve in several christian life programs not just as participants but as servant leaders is in for every christian life program it's what the holy spirit wants to um to Import. to send off as a message right is what comes out which is even if the topic is who is Jesus Christ, it's different how you're touched in Alpha. It's different how you're touched in LSS. It's different how you're touched in Couples for Christ. Right. So it's it's just a like yeah. So it's like some people say, oh, I don't have to go to the Christian Life Program because I already went to an LSS, which was like my first response when I was called into join for the Singles for Christ. Because for Couples for Christ, when you go Singles for Christ, there's a Christian Life program. Right. For Couples for Christ, there's a Christian Life program. For the youth, there's a, a youth camp, which is like a summarized Christian Life program, that kind of thing. Right. But 
I always say, no, go and join and attend because the Lord has a message for you. And sure enough, because there's a lot of, you know, they, they invite uh, speakers and sharers. And it's through this personal testimony that people pick up and then learn to build that relationship that they have for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like um, the Holy Spirit really is the first animator of all of what uh, the Christian Life Program and actually all of our programs should be um, uh, focused on, or I guess be driven by. Uh, it's not just about you know finding the next best program or the next program that uh, you know might be uh, the you know I don't know what you would call it, but kind of like the program of the day, if you will. Um, it's really about starting with what the Holy Spirit wants us to be part of and how he's inviting us to uh, continue to share Jesus with others. You know, what you're sharing so far about the community uh, with Couples for Christ reminds me of the Acts of the Apostles. It reminds me of how those first apostles, you know, filled with boldness and in the power of the Holy Spirit, went out and invited people to consider uh, being a disciple of Jesus. And what we hear in the in the Acts of the Apostles is that first proclamation and then an entry point into the life of those early communities. And then we hear that the communities began to form and to love one another and to be of one heart and one mind. And then they went out and did it again. And so it very much sounds like that, almost like sort of a grassroots like community of believers uh, who not only are you know, looking just to serve a particular community, but to also love one another, uh, to be in communion, friendship, fellowship, and to do life with each other. Is that, does that sound a little bit kind of accurate to, to your experience with Couples for Christ? Yes. Yes, yes. definitely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's our extended family. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Now, um, you know, you've, you've obviously been in part of All Saints Parish, St. Saint Patrick's Parish, and of course, some parish uh, communities in the Philippines, and as well as being part of Couples for Christ community. Um, what are some of the positive impacts that uh, you've seen with C CFC's approach to mission? Um, we have always been driven by the Holy Spirit. So yes. our community is always just like that, you know, and and uh, the, the most important thing about that is we uh, in our in CFC, um, our elders can pinpoint areas where they needed mission. Mm -hmm. And uh, we believe that our elders are are the anointed ones, too, you know, and 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 uh, in doing so, when they they uh, choose leaders for a particular mission area or a mission group, they are actually very good at it. And I believe it's because of their anointing. Mm -hmm. And and when um, the community will, uh, what do you call that, will act on those mission areas, we really see the growth of those mission areas. Uh, I uh, One point in case was Victoria. Uh, Victoria was a mission area a long, long time ago, but now it became, you know, it, it, it prospered. Now it became as, as big as Vancouver. And so they have their own uh, chapters. They have their own, uh, you know, it's, it's just like an autonomous part of what it is right now. So it's not like linked to Vancouver as, as they're depending on Vancouver, but it's like it's, they, it's, have, their they have their own. Uh, mm -hmm. that they can stand their ground, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, 
Uh, I think even in Prince jo in Prince George too, we have a mission area area there, and we have a, we have seen uh, uh, leaders that that came and 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 went, and uh, and also that place started to grow, and uh, it's just so um, sad that because of the pandemic, some of the services that we that we uh, sent to some of these mission areas. Are, are are now very limited it's it's because of the restrictions in travel and and you know going with uh face to face with with all our brothers and sisters in those mission areas but it's a very good thing too because uh because we um we serve our brothers and sisters who are really lo longing for the lord and yeah in case and it's because that um when they say that uh we we should go to these places so that we can evangelize. We, our leaders really are doing a good job because when they send out people, the, uh, the, the, place, the place really prospers, not only in numbers, but also in, in the strengthening of the faith. Right. I think there's something unique that you've shared there. Uh, just a, a gem, I think, that we want. I want to be able to try to pull out a little bit for our Proclaim listeners. Most of our Proclaim members are primarily members of parishes. And one of the stories that I hear regularly from uh, different parishes, not all, but some, uh, is the story of the same leaders serving uh, the same, in the same ministries over time, and that it's, it's really hard to find uh, new leaders and new individuals who can become you know, part of the leadership in any particular ministry. And uh, I think something that's been common among different movements, Couples for Christ, Emmanuel Community, uh, CCO, even the um, uh, like the members of Opus Dei and some of the other um, some of the other uh, communities I've I've been able to uh, connect with, uh, is is this sort of sense of um, anointing, uh, being called by the Holy Spirit, and then inviting uh, people into that. I want to reference the Acts of the Apostles again, because I think it's in Acts chapter 4, where we hear um, that the Pharisees, uh, after hearing Peter and John, you know, made this little reference to say that these were ordinary, uneducated men. Or when we hear some of the characters of the Old Testament, Jeremiah, Moses, um, David, they were kind of un underqualified, you know, if you will. And uh, I think that... Um, and maybe you can kind of confirm this, but I think that part of the gifts of the movements and the gifts of, of Couples of Christ has been just realizing that the Holy Spirit kind of qualifies people into um, into ministry and, and fills the gaps and, in fact, gives us the supernatural power that we need to fulfill the ministry. But it has to start with that anointing, like you said, and then the invitation to someone to respond to that sort of prompting of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, just just a sharing, like... When we were a household heads, Arnell and I always had the vision, which also came from Couples for Christ, mm. of building the next household head. Yes. So when we pastor couples, we pastor them because we want to empower them. Yeah. We, from the, from the beginning of it, we already tell them that you are here because the Lord wants to use you. Someday, you will be in our shoes and you will be pastoring your own household. Right. So this is, where we, we, this is where we learn to grow because this place is your safe haven. Nobody will judge you here. This is a small group. This is where, this is where we learn. And when they're invited or they're asked to take on service roles, we try to support them. We really do. Like we are presence there, are being there. And 
if they ask where we, we we become resource people for them too in that way they're able to grow and it's so amazing how they become much better than we are which is what we really want them to become yeah and it's amazing that when we see them you know really growing and going up as as leaders and being able to evangelize too so we think that that's the way because oftentimes like in parishes it's such a big community right away and that source of support friendliness family feeling that mm. is present in the household or cell groups in couples for christ is sometimes absent in such a huge church setting right away so you need to build that kind of relationship to build a leader and you you need to give that support when you ask somebody to perform a leadership role because it's hard to be in a leadership role for sure that's why people are you know adamant in stepping up to a, stepping up to that uh, role and in couples for christ we have continuous teaching with leadership as well so it doesn't end just with us mm -hmm. but in our own chapter there's like a module that we still go through and really try to empower one another to that way. That's why how we carry it in the parish as well is if there's like, for me and Arnell, we were asked to uh, like set up the Simbangabi at All Saints. Mm -hmm. And we know that, okay, our first, what you call this, um, the people we would lean on first would definitely be couples also for Christ, Christ because right. they are our family. We know them, they know us. So that kind of knowing one another makes it easier to reach out to them and say, even if they're from, say, St. Luke, St. Patrick's, or other parishes in the Tri-Cities area, we go like, you know what? We need help. You know, we need music ministry. We need this for that, for Father and everything. And it, it becomes a successful event, not because of Arnell and myself, but because of everybody that pulled into it. And it's just, it's just lovely to see that. So we, we are praying that in the same token, that will happen in our parish base as well. But we often say that, you know, a smile goes a long, long way. So it's like, if you see people in church, Sundays too bad, it's already pandemic, but it's pandemic right now. But, you know, during the time when, when we're in church and we see people there, you know, limit, you know at least 100 people, if, if you send out that smile and that friendliness to them, that is our first ticket to evangelization. Because when people see that they are welcome in a community, yes. in a church, in a parish, sometimes it's not even hard to ask help anymore because yeah. they themselves will step up. And that is what moved us to keep going with a nine o'clock choir that probably you've seen before already because <laughs> we've been there for um, so many years. Sure. Like, I think like, yeah, something like uh, 15 years or so. Okay. So that, that, that kind of thing is we, we kept on to that because of the people that come in and out of the choir. But when they come in, they find a family. When they go out, they go out it's because they get married like... Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say names here, but like Marion is one of them, <laughs> Joseph's wife. So she was like, she was the first one that was there and we joined them. And then, you know, she only moved out of the choir when she got married, that kind of thing. And it's lovely to see that because we, and we, that's how the, that choir grew. And 
it's it's something we want to hold dear to so in the in the church if that was uh, more evident as well as uh, you know a group where you just feel you're welcome there and yeah. you're welcome to grow there then you can you can be um, better to serve in in the parish I got to say there's there's so much insight in in that sharing uh, that I I want to unpack that might even end up meriting another podcast episode because <laughs> you, you spoke of like leadership development which I think in context of ministry could be kind of stated as spiritual multiplication or succession planning or you know next generation mindset it's you know i i hear a lot of that kind of tones but then at the same time you've also touched on a couple of other evangelization principles that i think are so necessary for us to learn which is building a culture of trust and invitation and starting with inviting people into community allowing them to be to belong and to be known and to um, to be able to share their life and to know the the people around them by name and by story and uh, and as you make those invitations the invitations are responded positively because because they know you and because you know them uh, so I'm hearing some of that so I'm also hearing from your uh, from your sharing just a a willingness to serve God in in whatever capacity whether in uh, whether it's easy or not, uh, whether it's um, it's causing you know, hardship or or not, and uh, through that disposition, there is a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding that comes out of that 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 disposition of service. So, first off, thank you so much for your witness. I think that's you know the the way in which you're sharing is really just I, I think coming out of you know what you've what what has convicted your heart uh, and that it is first out of a love for Jesus uh, an empowerment of the Holy Spirit and then um, the the depth in the formation that you've received through mentors in couples for Christ and uh, and those around you so um, can we can we uh, maybe turn the conversation a little bit to um, your family and I would love to ask some questions around how you've seen God move within your family life okay so um, I can attest first for myself <laughs> yeah yeah for myself um, I'm, I'm very very happy of where I'm at right now um, I, when, on my younger years you know when I wasn't really a believer uh, I, I was so angry all the time, you know, I mm -hmm. was so angry all the time. And I, and sometimes I don't, I don't even know why I was so angry. Right. But when I found Jesus, uh, I got married through Vivian, you know, and we, we got into the LSSs and the CLPs and into um, religious movements in the church, in our community. I really felt so happy because I really thought that, you know, God has given me a purpose to do things. You know, um, the first the first step actually is coming here to Canada, and we believed that we have uh, a purpose here. And uh, even though life was uh, a little bit uh, difficult at the time, you know, uh, we're starting up and uh, having a very very young family, a pregnant wife to uh, to, to boot at that time. Um, me, the only person to go to work and to bring home the the income. Uh, it, it's not an easy journey, but then at the end of the day, as I saw my family, I was so happy because we know that you know we we can actually do things uh, with uh, the with with God on our side. And so fast forward to that, it's just like 
right now where we are in right now in looking back at the at the days that have gone um i i am so happy with how my family has has been you know uh, throughout the years uh from the kids when they started doing um what do you call that uh, altar serving mm-hmm. yeah when they were in uh, all saints and us doing the choir at the same time and until now we have kept that service and and the lord uh, has not been done with us yet you know and and uh, we are so happy because he continues to bless us in so many ways sometimes it's so hard to imagine but then here we are you know doing this for uh, f- doing the work f- of the lord and uh, i truly believe we truly believe that you know the the work of the lord is not done yet and there are the lord really needs more workers to his vineyard that's what the, the scriptures say and uh, yes we are here as long as we are able because we can attest no, not only for, for from our personal testimonies, but also from uh, testimonies or witnesses from other people, not necessarily from Couples for Christ, but also other people that we have met along the way, mm-hmm. that we have that common uh, commonality uh, in, in our lives and how the Lord has changed them. You know, uh, and uh, uh, I, I can say that in many uh, conferences that we have attended with the Couples for Christ, um, those testimonies and those witnessing that our brothers and sisters have said during those conferences, they really moved us, you know, and, 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 and most of the time they can be applicable to our families, to, our, to, our, to my family, to our families. Mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. And so us um, being here and still doing the, the, the work of the Lord is really, an, uh, what do you call that, a, a blessing and at the same time a privilege because you know, uh, our worth uh, is still being uh, seen by the Lord. For me, um, how has God moved in our family? As a mom, I can see God move in our family through the children. It, uh, it's not easy, like what I said, raising a family here in Canada. Because in the Philippines, we have extended families. Right. We have enough help, enough support. But here, it's just us, you know, us and our kids. But with Couples for Christ, because it's a wombed to tombed community, there's always a place for everybody. When we started in Couples for Christ, I was I just gave birth three months uh, ago that kind of thing so which means my youngest was like three months old so when we joined we would be there with a child on the stroller two children and then uh, and we also and then we had uh, joseph and seth and they were like uh, young elementary students and but they other uh, families they struggle to bring to to attend activities because A, they have no place to leave their children for babysitting. And B, they find that there's, the children are not enjoying mm. their activity because they have nothing to do. But with Couples for Christ, we're not ashamed to bring our baby because everybody else has babies. Right. <laughs> our other yeah. people have babies too. And when we have baby, you know, everybody likes to look after the baby. <laughs> so it, it's like, it becomes a home. And then for the kids... It's something for them to look forward to every weekend. So they ask, Mom, are we going to household? Because how they try to structure is, is they put young families together. 
right so that these young families can relate and the children can grow up playing with each other so the children even at times when we're kind of lazy to attend our household or our prayer meetings the kids say mom dad it's saturday night we have to go household you know that kind of thing so that and the kids grew up in that kind of environment where there's prayer and you know uh growing up with friends and stuff like that and they grew up with these kids from kids for christ to youth for christ now they're up to singles for christ so the children we kind of saw what group they were going out with right and we felt safe that way and uh, not just that we also knew the parents so mm. we kind of know you know how to support one another because life is not perfect children are not perfect we also go through bumps and barriers mm -hmm. but with this kind of support because we know one another and we're comfortable we can support one another that way and the kids do it wasn't difficult for them like what we said we go to the nine o'clock mass which is really an early mass for kids but for them when we say it's time to go to church they would go to church with us and that itself is god moving because otherwise you know they would just be complaining and whining and not wanting to come but they are coming and then they see services in church and they feel at home and they serve in church and then as they're growing older you know especially in the teenage years where it's really rough where they mm. had their hard moments too they held on to god and it's it's such a blessing for a mom to hear her children say to them mom i just went to the blessed sacrament because i needed to pray mom it's nine o'clock it's rosary i have to join you know the my friends you know praying rosary at nine o'clock because we're preparing for a camp and so and then they involve themselves in camps to a servant leaders and stuff and all those things and at one point uh like one of my boy was about to say that you know you know i i think i'm gonna give up school now because you know i i think i'm just gonna fail you know that kind of thing but then he turns around after coming from a camp and says to me mom no jesus tells me that i have a future that i can do it mom and that i'm so sorry and you know that kind of thing and when they they they, they have faults they 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 write the letter they come to me but there's always this this element of god says jesus says you know that kind of thing and i feel like okay i think i have we as parents have planted the right seed yeah. in the hearts of our children now so when christian our youngest one asked to go to the seminary of christ the king when he was going to grade eight with a hard heart <laughs> for me heavy at heart. that time heavy heart i mean heavy heart for me i really didn't want him to go because i'm uh, like he's my baby he's my right. youngest one but arnell was like mom let go of him if it's god who's calling him you know he will grow there but if not he's gonna come back you know that kind of thing so it's not that easy but because we we know that god is working his work in this family we just have to learn to trust and so we were able to send him off in the seminary for two years, two years. but then after that he's like okay uh mom uh because when they ask uh, father peter asked him do you want to be a priest he said uh, 
he's not sure that kind right. of thing. Right. So it's almost like okay, he he does need some discerning time, and mm-hmm. he needs to be with family. So he moved out of the minor seminary. But now, even when he's with us, he just kept saying that you know he still wants to go back. And okay. that thing we're we're trying to support too, because it's like we like uh, I would often say they would ask me. Would you like any of your kids to become priests? Because that's a question I always get at work. Sirian, are you serious? Do you want your kids to become priests? Right. And I would say, yes. If I can have three priests in my family, <laughs> I'd offer them all, three oh. of them, to God. And like, <laughs> no, seriously, I mean that. <laughs> like, of course, I cannot force it into them. But it, it, that's how I feel like the how much uh, the presence of God is present in my family and how I want him to stay with us. That is definitely uh, its own podcast episode, I'm going to have to say. I'm going to bring you guys back because I know, I know that there are many families that would just love to hear more of the wisdom and the insight and the stories around raising kids and teenagers and helping them come into a deep relationship with God, Uh, one that is relevant, that is joy-filled, that uh, can... um, allow for teenagers to really face the world and also have a sense that God still has a wonderful plan for them in their lives. I know you've just touched the surface and uh, I, I would absolutely love to have you guys on again just to talk about that. Um, but uh, I just have a couple more questions for you because uh, I know we have to wrap up. Um, in your own words, what does it mean uh, for you to be a missionary disciple? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we actually talked about that. <laughs> How to be missionary disciple actually for us is words and actions together. Mm. That's that's how we feel it is. Right. And yes, we we first we were discussing about what missionary discipleship meant, but then we this we boiled down just had to, a brainstorming. Yeah, like a brainstorming. <laughs> yeah. And then we boil down to, you know what, it's actions, words and actions together. Because it's easy to preach, very easy to preach. But really, your life is the living preacher. How you go about your day-to-day living using your Christian principles, Christian learning, what the church teaches you is what will move you to truly be a missionary disciple. Because, first of all, Jesus said, you know, love your neighbor as yourselves. Mm. And when that is said, it is really like trying to put your neighbors first before your very self. And missionary discipleship for me is that kind of thing because oftentimes we are too wrapped up with selfishness and me first mm-hmm. be myself and i but when i look at it in that perspective when i put others needs before mine i see the work of god unfold and it is easy for me because i am a nurse see when every day I deal with uh, patients at work. 
And if I am selfish, I wouldn't be a nurse for this long a time. Mm -hmm. Because it's not easy. And every nurse can attest to that. But if you know that your life is out there for a purpose and it's for you to give in to others' needs first before yourself, then that work becomes a work of God. Mm -hmm. And in my in my in my ministry, in my in my work, my work is my ministry. I look at it that way. That the Lord has sent me there to bring comfort and healing and to put others' needs before mine. So if I'm at work and I get an opportunity to talk about faith, especially when they ask me, because I know ne I'm never shy about my faith. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never shy to sing about my faith, to say about my faith or to that I, you know, to sing some religious songs. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really shy to do that. So they would ask me and they would talk to me. And some patients would reach out to me and say, can you please pray for me? Can yes. you please put me in your list of, and that for me is missionary discipleship. And then I start inviting them that, hey, there's like, there's a novena mass at All Saints. Uh, you, you could come and, uh, you know, uh, join us. Oh, where's All Saints located at? Or there's uh, the relic of St. Francis coming to All Saints. Come and visit us. So the, the, I use it as an opportunity for, for my discipleship role. So that, that, that's my little spill. So <laughs> long spill. <laughs> okay, for, for me, uh, missionary discipleship is actually, um, I mean, for me, it's like emulating the, the life of Christ. Mm-hmm. That you truly believe that he came and he and he helped people, you know, and and um, it's because we are disciples. Then we should be believing on what Christ has told us or has instructed us to do. Um, and so uh, Vivian and I were discussing about maybe it's about all about the Great Commission. You know, it's just like preaching all around the world what Jesus has done. You know, the good news in every corners of the earth and at the same time not only through all these words but also how you have to do something about it right so uh if if we if we help people who are in dire straits like say probably uh, living uh, other our brothers and sisters who are living living in poverty you know and if you go there to help and at the same time you you tell them also about the good news about not only your physical well-being that will be saved, but also your soul that will be saved. And that, that for me is uh, missionary discipleship. We are here to do God's work, but also we have to be truly believers in what Jesus has, has told us. His instructions to us uh, uh, should come out first. You know, it's, it's because we are missionaries. And, and we should be always obedient to what our faith is is telling us to do you know if our faith if our church tells us to to help out um, these people in a certain community sure we we should be there we should be obedient because that's i think that is our purpose it's not only to to give to give honor and praise to our god but also to help um, other people who are in need of of our help not only because they don't have food on the table uh, but also those people who are longing to know more about God or who don't know God at all. Yeah. Yeah, you're just reminding me of a, of a friend who regularly says, rescued people rescue people. 
And I think through your witness and your story of how God rescued you and has offered you uh, a life that is Christ-centered and, and filled with the Holy Spirit, you're, you're not taking it for granted, and you're also responding to the Great Commission that uh, as you have been rescued, you go turn around and, and go out and rescue others, both in the temporal sense and in the spiritual sense, the eternal mm-hmm. sense. So thank you for thank you for that. I want to leave you guys with the last word. So to our Proclaim listeners, what word of encouragement would you like to leave them with? Okay, so our message to all our Proclaim listeners, uh, there is work to be done, you know, in the Lord's vineyard. We are not done. We are far from over, you know. Please listen and respond to the Lord's calling. Um, We have heard God's call and responded. Our generous God provides for us so that we can fulfill our mission to be missionary disciples. Mm. So we both say, If if today today you you hear hear his voice, harden harden not your your hearts. Amen. Arnell, Vivian, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story, your wisdom, and your insights with the Proclaim community. And uh, to our Proclaim listeners, I'm going to really try hard to get them back on because I know they've got even more wisdom to share in the life of a missionary family. Uh, If you enjoyed this podcast episode and uh, you feel you know someone that could benefit from it, please feel free to subscribe to our channel and share it with others. And if you'd love to know more about Couples for Christ, uh, Proclaim, and any other other uh, ecclesial movement, uh, please reach out to Proclaim, and we would love to put you in contact with uh, wonderful people, wonderful missionary disciples in our archdiocese who are doing wonderful missionary work in proclaiming Jesus, and uh, and let's continue to be faithful to him, uh, to hear his voice, and to see him move in our lives. So thank you very much.